Welcome to the Train with the Best podcast, Craig Hoffman and Chris Gorez. We checked in with Lorenzo Alexander and then we realized he had a game today, so he's right, a little busy. Yeah. Uh, we're excited to watch Zoe tonight. Uh, I don't know when this podcast will actually post. It's Thursday, what is today, August 10th. Uh, yeah, so he's got a game tonight, 7 p.m. So, so against good luck the Vikings. To, good luck to Zoe tonight uh, in his series or two that he'll he'll play. He'll play a, a quarter, I think. Uh, uh, he'll he'll play a quarter, and, and the biggest thing for me is just like your fingers crossed, holding my breath, just yeah. just get through the quarter. Yep. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if you just sit there and if you get a sack, awesome. If you get a pick, awesome. I just I just want just, you to walk off the field. That's yes, all I want you to do. Just you know? get off the field. That's it. That's pretty much uh, everybody yeah. in the NFL at this time of the year. Get your guys off the field uh, as the starters and then evaluate the back end of right. your roster. Uh, I will actually be at Redskins-Ravens tonight up in Baltimore. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, I texted, texted a guy last night, hey, how much are you going to play today? Uh, not sure, but not much. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's kind of where we're at around the league. Um, Redskins have already announced a bunch of starters that are that are going to miss this game. You know, banged up. Mind anyone who's got a dent at this point of the year is not going to play. Yeah. If you're not a thousand percent right now, yeah. there's just there's no need to, to yeah. play. A hundred percent. You, sir, uh, were in Montana yes. for the last week, or the better part of the last week, uh, talking at a coach's clinic. So tell us about Montana. You know, I had so much fun. Be, one of the reasons why I had so much fun, probably the main reason I had so much fun, is because my wife actually came along with me this yeah. time, which which doesn't always get to happen. But uh, she came along, and that just made the trip so much better. Because, you know, when I go on these trips, especially when we go to places where we've never been together, I don't really go out. I don't really leave the hotel room. I just use that time to catch up on work or whatever. So with her, we actually I actually got a chance to – to get out of the hotel and, and walk around, um, we learned a lot about the the Lewis and Clark expedition, which is amazing. Oh, that's I mean, cool. Just the, that's the, really the, cool. That trek from St. Louis, Missouri, all the way to the Pacific Ocean. I mean, that's a long way. That's freaking incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't think people on the East Coast, like if you've been an East Coaster your entire life, until you get west of the Mississippi, you do not realize how expansive that part of the country is. Unbelievable. Like, when yeah. I was in Dallas. Like I just remember getting on Google Maps for the first time and going like, "Oh, how close am I to L.A.?" and realizing that <laughs> that not that I thought I was close to L.A., but realizing that I was so much closer to the East Coast still in Dallas than I was the West right. Coast. Like right. it would have taken me significantly less try- time to drive to Atlanta than to Los Angeles. Yep, and just just everything about that portion of the country that you know I don't get to see every day. Uh, the terrain. The yeah. climate, you know, the, the, the plants, everything is a little it's, bit different. It's different. And, and it's crazy just so much. So there's so much in this country that this country has to offer that I've never seen, you know, that that whole place. I mean, the whole time we were thinking, you know, it's a, it's a quick three-day trip. We can't wait to get back to go see some of the glacier lakes in Montana, go see Yellowstone in Wyoming and see uh, Idaho and North Dakota and South. I mean, it's just a beautiful part of the country that I think people really need to go and see. Um the lifestyle is, of course, a little bit different. We're, yeah. we're driving to the hotel, and, you know, our host, who was very, very gracious, very nice, um, everybody was super nice. You know, he, he's driving us to the hotel, and he's like, well, this is it. This is the busiest street on the state. And there's, like, six other cars on the road. So wow. I'm like, my parking lot in my neighborhood is busier than this street. So, yeah. Um, see, we have so, this thing called the Beltway. Yeah, oh, see. my gosh. Don't even – oh. I, I, I think I that, that if, you, today, if you put oh them boy. on the beltway, I think that's uh, that'd be the end that, of times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had a great time. So learned a lot about the Lewis and Clark expedition. Walked around, um, walked up the Missouri River, um, which was really cool. Saw some of the 
little falls and the rapids that they have going on over there. Um, but just really a, a big change of place, a, a big change of pace. And then obviously had a chance to speak with a bunch of uh, basketball coaches mm-hmm. who um, really like the level idea. Of coaches? Mostly high school, some NAIA coaches. Okay. Uh, but mostly high school coaches who, who are just looking for some practical things. And I think, um, you know, I kind of live in between this world of sports science and coach. And mm. I think it, there, there's kind of this clash in between people who are on the sports science side and they want to research the data and they want to coach the data. And then there's the coach who just wants to coach the people. And there's almost this clash in this world. And I think it's a good clash. I think it's, I think it's because both sides are really passionate about what they do and they think that there's a right way to do it. So it's, it's good that we have this clash of ideas. Uh, and, and hopefully that, that clash leads to some sort of compromise where we lead to a, a better solution on both sides. Um, and I think I think that you know our our industry, our personal training industry, whether you're on the sports science side or the fitness side or the sports performance side or whatever, I think there's still a, a little bit of vocation left in this industry. Uh, meaning, you know, there's there's a there's a reason why we do this, and the the reason why we do it is not necessarily to maximize profits. Almost yeah. every almost every other industry in this world right now, things that were supposed to be vocational are no longer vocational. They're right. meant to maximize profits, whether it be the healthcare industry, uh, education, yeah. food. I mean, those are those are things that uh, right. you know, like if you wanted to be a doctor, and, and there's still obviously a lot of good doctors out there, but now like our healthcare system is meant to maximize profits, not necessarily yeah. think about maximizing how many people we can help. Right, um, or the, even the quality. I, or I even saw the quality, one right. of the one of the PTs I follow on Instagram, um, who's actually a local guy, who's really really good, was ranting the other day about how he had some kid who's like 21 years old come to him uh, because this doctor had said, "Oh, you're gonna have uh, like three years ago when he was 18, like you're gonna have uh, arthritis if you don't get surgery." Right, and like as opposed to even trying any kind of rehab, and it's yeah, like it's you're just, trying to sell surgery, you're trying to sell medicine, you're trying just, to whatever. It's just weird. So, so the the fact that there's a clash between sports science and personal trainer or coach, I think that's a good clash because again, both sides are passionate about what they do. Both sides are still kind of committed to that vocation, yeah, of the it's job, not and, not, and not just the, the the maximizing of profits uh, versus other industries that we don't have to get into. So, going back to Montana. You know, I'm, I'm looking at these coaches and I'm speaking with these coaches. And it's not about the sports science to them. It's about how can we practically apply some of the things that we're going to learn today and put that into a setting where I'm working with a bunch of high school kids. You know, I, I understand that, uh, you know, the science says this, but what, what can we do that, that's going to work from a practical standpoint? And I think, you know, later later today we're going to talk to John over at PowerPlate. And I think one of the things that the personal PowerPlate allows me to do is it, it – it, it allows me to use vibration training on a more scalable level. I've always loved vibration training, but that wasn't something that was accessible to me um, on, a, on a mass level. I couldn't bring it with me on a plane. I couldn't bring it with me into the car. Uh, I couldn't get four of these machines into a small space, but now I can. So yeah. now uh, is that personal power plate as good as the, the regular power plate? No, there's a lot of features that it doesn't have, but is it – it's basically is it more scalable? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's more available. So I think I think that uh, you know as I as I do more clinics like I did in Montana, I'm starting to realize that yeah, there's there's this blend between sports science and, and coaching, and I have to kind of live in between both worlds. I have to understand the science, but then I also have to say I have to apply that science now, and it's not always going to be in a perfect setting in a vacuum. It's going to be in the real world with 
uh, a bunch of 13 and 14 year old girls who are more interested in talking about, you know, what's going on for the homecoming dance versus getting ready for this workout. You know, how do I how do I implement movement prep principles there? You know, so it's yeah. not necessarily about what's the best way to stretch or lengthen the hamstrings. It's about, hey, how can I get these people's attention and get them doing what they need to do to get ready for the workout. Right. And that's the thing that we always have to remember. And this sounds rather simple, but like we are training people. Exactly. And we, we spend so much time trying to educate ourselves, which is good. You should be educating yourselves and you should always be trying to learn. It's part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast was so that I can learn and so that we could, we could help spread knowledge to others, whether it's from you, from Lorenzo, from the, the athlete side or from the guests we have on. Um, but, that application is where it's at. If you yeah. can't, if that piece of data, that thing that you learn from here, from a seminar you're at, from a conversation you have, doesn't click to here's how I can apply it practically, yep. you're missing a step. Absolutely. You can't just then regurgitate the information except unless you're talking to another trainer like and trying to teach them, hey, here's why. But in your mind, in terms of practical application, it is your job as the trainer to connect the data to the client, and absolutely. that client is a human being. Yeah, absolutely. We we you said it. We we coach people. We don't coach data. But yeah. I, I I see it so much. I see it all the time. Everywhere I go, people are trying to coach the data. I mean, like one one of the things that we always talk about is recovery. Recovery is so important, you know. And, and a great way to monitor recovery is to ask people after the workout how it was you know but what that what's that what that's led to is a bunch of strength and conditioning coaches walking around with a tablet never even looking at the person in the eye and saying hey how would you rate the workout today six okay good boom go to the next person like that's that's not how you should be doing this you should be having a conversation with don't have the ipad in your hand that you don't need the tablet to remember what that person told you right Go have a talk with them. Look at them in the face and see, and look by 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 seeing their expressions in their face and their body language. You'll be able to tell how hard that workout was when you ask them, and you know, ask them how they're feeling, ask them how, how their day was going, what their what the rest was like the night before. But like, if you never even look the person in the eye, and all you're doing is looking at your tablet, putting in the numbers, you're not connecting with that person, and your data is going to be bad. Yeah. So, so like, you got you have to coach the people. You can't just coach the data. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who we were talking to. Um, it was someone fairly early on, one of the early editions of the podcast, where they said sometimes the data doesn't match with what the person says, and and you have to be able to tell them like, oh no, you've got more left in the yeah, tank. Yeah, that was I Dennis. That was, was Dennis, Dennis Logan. Logan. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's who it was. Um, I couldn't remember. I thought it was Dennis or Joel, and I couldn't remember who it was, but it was Dennis. Yeah, you're right. And he said, you know, sometimes the data says you've got more left in the tank. Uh, fight through it and sometimes someone might say they feel great and and the data says otherwise and you've got to be able to then pick who you're going to listen to are you going to are you going to you know listen to your athlete and depending on how you work them the past couple of days if they feel tired even if the data says they've got left in the tank maybe you do take it a little easier on them that day or if you're in a in a space where you need to push then you rely on the data but you have to be able to one manage the relationship and build that trust right. so that you they will trust you with that data. And two, like you have to then remember you're dealing with a human and maybe the data says one thing, but maybe they just got in a fight with a family member or something like that and their head's not in it. Right. And so there's a million different reasons, a million different things. I worked with a client yesterday. I worked with him three hours earlier than I usually do. He hadn't had his coffee yet. He didn't have it. 
We did a regen <laughs> session. Sometimes that is, is as simple as it is, and there's no data that can tell me he hasn't had his coffee yet other than the binary answer of, hey, Val, have you had coffee? No. Okay, there's my data. <laughs> yep. And he's just saying, like, I don't have it today. I was like, okay, yep. well, then let's not fight it. Yeah, so there, there's that's the sports science end of it. And then, like, from the Montana end of it, it was more of, hey, what can we what can we do to find practical solutions? Because we don't have access to, you know, we don't have access to power plates. We're, right. we're a C high school, which yeah. I had never even known that that was even a thing. Back here in Virginia, I think the smallest that we have is 3A, maybe 2A. Yeah. There they have single A, they have B, and they have C. Yeah. Which no, is something I, I had never no idea. I've never even heard of that. So. <coughs> that's crazy yeah i mean they have they have kids in the high school that only have like less less than 100 kids in the school wow that's that's incredible yeah, they're, they're not all wearing whoops around <laughs> right so so <laughs> they don't have that they don't have squat racks i mean they don't have kaiser so yeah. what are what are some of the simple training principles that we can apply can you teach us that because and i and i went to it i took i took a couple of their kids and i started applying i, I took them through a workout and started just kind of coaching up the workout and in the, in the midst of the workout questions would come up and we would, you know, address those questions and those issues. But, you know, I wanted to give them something that they could actually use versus giving them, Hey, here's the data. Here's what sports science says. Good luck trying to use this here in Montana with no reason. Like that's great. That would be crazy to me. So I really enjoyed Montana. I'm really looking forward to uh, hopefully getting invited back next year and spending some more time out there. My only regret is not going out there for, for the whole week. Um, for good reasons, my sister's wedding was the wedding before, yeah. was the weekend before, so I couldn't go out there early. But next year, if I get invited back, definitely gonna go out early, go check out the glacier lakes, and then and then um, you know hang out with the coaches a little bit more, listen to some of the other strength and conditioning presentations, which I didn't get to do this year. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to it. All right, you said you mentioned a lot of questions that came up. Uh, what was the best question you were asked, and and the answer to it? You know, I, I don't. Th- I get this question a lot, but it's it's a really good question. It's a question about conditioning. You know, how much conditioning should they be doing mm-hmm. for the athletes? And, you know, when when should we be doing it? Should we be doing in-season, off-season? Should we still be lifting during the season? And the answer is yes to all of that. Um, but obviously the, the lifting changes from, from pre-season to in-season to off-season. You're going to push a lot more than you would in the regular it when you once you, your competition schedule starts then your lifting program becomes more functional corrective exercises to maintain strength not necessarily to build or develop strength like you would in the off season uh and then when it comes to conditioning um the the biggest thing is you want to budget your ground contacts especially in yes. basketball yes. you have to you have to treat every single jump and landing like the, a dollar in your bank account you can't just spend it wherever you want to spend it you have to budget that so if you want to condition, which you should to build that aerobic base, you have to do it in a way that doesn't beat up the body, and you have to explore non-impact conditioning options, whether that be, I, I said, swimming, biking, rowing, elliptical, slide board. Those are five great options for basketball players to do conditioning uh, without adding And all, all pretty impact. accessible. Yeah, like all pretty Versa accessible. Versa is great, but not everyone's got a Versa Climber. Nevertheless, enough right. Versa Climbers for their team. Right. And so the I think I think the worst mistake that you can make especially for basketball players is to have them go out and run 2 miles yeah. at a slow pace. It it requires no thinking, which is not relatable to basketball. 
it, you're moving at a slow pace, which doesn't translate to basketball, and you're beating up the body more. So now when you go in and you're actually going to hit the ground in real sprints and shuffling and game-like situations, game-like speed and game-like movements, now your, your body's already kind of depleted because you wasted it on a 20-minute meaningless run. So get rid of those meaningless runs. You can still do it, but but do it on a bike. Uh, do it something that's going to save yourself. I think one of, one of the things that changed LeBron's career is when he started riding a bike instead of, yeah. you know, do, doing that, that cardio stuff. So he does a lot to to save his body. Uh, I know, I know, you know, him D Wade. They, they they work with a great trainer uh, and David Alexander. He does a, a really good job of monitoring, you know, how much impact that body is absorbing and what they need to save it for. Um, so. You know, of all the things that that you need to push your body on, you don't need to push it on building an aerobic base, as far as impact wise. Right. Still push it from the cardio standpoint, but get your get your feet off the ground. This comes back to something you've talked about a lot too, of just being laser pointed at what the goal is, right? So during your competition season, especially in high school, like the NBA. When they get going, they don't practice ever. Like no. a basketball practice during the NBA season is not really a thing that it's happens a, you know, more through, than yeah. five times. Um, and it's just because the schedule is – that is how it is. Yeah, um, four games a yeah. week. I mean, no yeah, you got three to four games a week. You're traveling all over. Like you, you get a walkthrough in to try to maybe scout. I mean, there's, like the playoffs are so different in the NBA even because the scouting happens that doesn't right. happen during the regular season. Game planning happens that doesn't happen during the regular season. So high school is a little bit different, though. You have one to two games a week. You're probably going to have practice uh, Mm -hmm. much more regularly. And to not think of that as conditioning would be a mistake. Like your practices you can use as a conditioning session and use for that – Use for that decision-making element. And then your extra conditioning is super laser-pointed on not – or on building that aerobic base. You don't need the ground contacts. You don't need the other stuff. Your conditioning point is – conditioning yeah so ride a bike build your aerobic base and then use your practice for the that other stuff yeah maintenance wise that you were talking about yeah and, and, and i get it i think there's still a lot of that old school so so i understand there's a lot of team building and discipline that you want to build into that and that's sure where fine a lot, do it in the preseason that, that's a lot that's a lot of where you get these like punishment runs you know yeah. um but like the the thing that absolutely aggravates me and this happens in every sport basketball, soccer, football, everything, is towards the end of the season, the team looks a little bit lethargic. So what does the coach say? We need more conditioning. Right. That's what we're going to do. No, you don't need to do that. Your kids kids are lethargic. (laughs) Your kids are lethargic because they're coming off of three games in a weekend, four games in a weekend. It's November. It's cold, or at least here on the East Coast, it's cold. Yeah. you know, it's been a long season. What they need is proper recovery. They don't need more conditioning. You're just making the problem worse. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just – anyway, that, that's, the, that's the biggest mistake that I see when it comes to the conditioning recovery thing. No doubt about it. Hey, I know, I know who we can talk to about recovery. I think we can talk to John Kruger from Power That's Play. right. That's right. So we're going to do that right after this on the Train with the Bell podcast. All all right, Chris, time to talk about our friends at Crossover, proud sponsor of the Train with the Best podcast. You and I have both taken a look at the app, and it's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's, it is. You get the chance to take a look at game film and, and take a look at uh, real-life situations and how it applies. Yeah, it's what we want as trainers is to be able to go, all right, hey, the client said we need to work on this, this situation. Go find the play. Super easy to go through. And trainers can, and coaches can do this for their teams, too. 
That's right. Uh, a coach can take a look at a clip and, and send it to their players and send it to their team and, and put in all of the coaching points and teaching points, and it's just a great learning tool, tool for everyone. Simply log in, start getting powerful analysis straight from your video. Again, you can do this for your games. Even if you think you already know what these guys are all about, just take another look at the app. Their new Insights feature will automatically give you a scouting report on your opponents broken down by down and distance, something you're not going to get with Huddle or anybody else. Sign up right now at crossover.com slash grandstand to receive one free game. That's crossover with the K dot com slash grandstand to get one free game. Our guest today on the Train with the Best podcast is John Kruger. He's the director of Elite Performance Sales at Power Plate. And, John, uh, the Power Plate, I know Chris has been using it a lot yes. lately. It is, it is such a cool and interesting thing um, that you guys have now made into the personal Power Plates. And I know you guys have some more things coming down the pipe, uh, both product-wise and education-wise, which we'll get to over the course of our conversation but first thing, uh, just let's start from the start. How did you guys come up with the idea of PowerPlate? Where did the idea of PowerPlate come from? Craig, the PowerPlate, the technology, the whole body vibration technology has been around since, uh, it's been around for a long time. It really came into prominence in the 60s and 70s with the Russian cosmonaut program. We used it to help cosmonauts adapt to low-G environments to help them assimilate Earth uh, can be attributed to their long stays in space, 400-plus days, uh, using it to lessen bone and uh, muscle loss. Where it really came into prominence, where, where we, Power Plate, came from, it, in the 90s, a Dutch Olympic trainer had developed programming with regard to whole body vibration. From there, the Power Plate was born, so right at the turn of the century, a Power Plate was born. Fast forward five, six years, we found ourselves in over 100 countries used by elite athletes uh, all over the world, uh, Olympians, professional sports teams. Uh, right now, uh, we, uh, you know, we cover, if you look at your top five NCAA Division I teams, we have about 80% penetration uh, in those areas. NFL, 80% of the NFL uses us, 70% of the NBA, 80% of Major League Baseball, uh, NHL elite athletes. Uh, if you hop on YouTube, you'll see Rafael Nadal, Serena Williams, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, all all using PowerPlate. Uh, it's an amazing machine that does amazing things and really helps athletes uh, in preparation, movement prep, pillow prep, uh, getting the body ready to perform. Uh, when they're done performing, the PowerPlate is also used for relaxation, regeneration to get you ready for your next workout. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what I've been using it for. I've been using it to kind of bookend the workouts to, to help with the pillar prep and movement prep and increase that circulation. And then, you know, to, to finish up that workout, just to exactly what you said, just kind of recover from everything that we just did to thrash the body. Um, we're using the power plate to kind of recover. But talk a little bit about what the science behind that. How does the vibration help with recovery or, or even with the warm-up? Well, here's, here's what it does. And, and I think that once you understand the science behind it, how it works and how it affects the body, then you can apply what you already know to the power plate. I think the biggest secret behind the power plate is when you look at it, folks often wonder, what do I do with it? And, and the answer is everything you do now, you can do on the power plate. The power plate accentuates, accentuates that. So what does that mean? How does that work? 
So the power plate moves in three dimensions. It's, it's, we call it a triplanar precision harmonic vibration. The plate is moving up and down, left and right, forward and back, in a, in a perfect sign, a harmonic wave that the body can adapt to. Um, so what, is, what does this do to the body? So it, it affects really four major systems in the body. It, it hits your neurological system, your proprioceptive system, musculoskeletal, and your cardiovascular respiratory systems. So it's going to improve circulation. It's going to uh, improve muscle hydration. It's going to increase, uh, act on muscle uh, reflexive stabilization, global stabilization, as well as your, your rapid reflex response. So that's going to improve motor learning, uh, muscle fiber recruitment, firing pattern, firing pattern efficiency. Um, and then as far as regeneration goes, uh, you have that increase in circulation, you're lowering cortisol levels, you're promoting soft tissue repair, lymphatic drainage, etc. About sum it up. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that that pretty much explains it. Um, you know, I, I definitely noticed that. You know, if I if I'm holding a, a regular static stretch, or if I'm doing even like a corrective exercise versus doing it the exact same corrective exercise or stretch on a power plate, um, I think that. Uh, I can definitely feel the difference. My athletes feel the difference. And I, and I typically don't do static stretching, but now all of a sudden mm -hmm. if I'm doing that static stretch on a power plate, it's no longer a static stretch because of all those muscle contractions that are, are happening because of the vibration. So uh, I think it's a really cool way to, to get yourself warmed up. <laughs> I think it's also a really cool way to, like you said, relax after the workout. And it, it feels good. <laughs> so, and that's, that's the main thing. Like, my athletes love it because it feels good. As, as soon as you step on it, you feel the difference. And when when you're talking about stretching, static stretching, dynamic stretching, uh, the power plate forces the body to react. You have these involuntary muscle reactions. And the key is this: the, the vibration, um, the vibration is attracted to tension. So when you're on the plate and your muscle is under tension in, in a in a stretch, perhaps you're in a, an athletic ready position. The vibration is attracted to that tension. So let's say you stretch a rubber band and you flick it. Uh, you can see the tighter you flick it, the more vibration is, is apparent. And the same thing happens on, on the plate. So when you stand on the plate, your muscles are under tension, the vibration is attracted to that tension. Uh, whether you're doing static stretching, dynamic stretching, but then you start different movements. So when you're looking at mobility and stability, when you start in a, in a stretch and you start moving perhaps uh, side to side, you know, funnel plane, uh, transverse start twisting and rotating, you're causing tension in those different stabilizing muscles, attracting that vibration, creating more activation within those muscles, and, and then you know, running through the, the list of benefits that I had mentioned with, with regard to uh, tissue hydration, uh, stretching and, and enhancing those neurological proprioceptive muscle skeletal and cardiovascular advantages. That's great. And one of the one of the questions I had is, you know, Versa Climber had uh, they, they had one of their units that was a Versa Climber, but it also vibrated. And one of the limitations mm -hmm. to that was you could really only use it for a limited time during the week, or you were going to overdo it. Are there any restrictions right. like that on power plate? With regard to working out on power plate, you're, you're typically going to follow the same regime you would normally do. Uh, you're going to use the product in, in such a way you can certainly do your whole workout on there. And if you're doing the whole workout, whether it be a Tabata-style workout, perhaps you have your, your, your warm-up and you run through specific sets from squats, push-ups, planks, uh, perhaps unilateral movements, uh, core, core work. 
you're going to do that in, in, in such a way, yeah. 30 to 40 minutes on the plate, you don't need a whole lot of time because you're getting so much activation. But if you're just doing that on the plate for regular folk, um, your, your regular athlete or someone aspiring to get themselves back into shape, three, four days a week to start, uh, like any kind of exercise modality, you want to start small and then right. work your way up into what's, what's comfortable. Um, you can also add power plate to a particular uh, program. So if you're if you're working without the power plate and want to add that in, uh, perhaps you're adding it into your into your your pillow prep, your mobility, stability, uh, movement prep to get the muscles more activated. You're waking up your entire system, getting it ready for movement, getting ready to go on the field, not on the playing field, or getting ready for for a workout, um, there's really no restriction. Uh, you're just following the the programming that you've already already laid out. You're adding power plate into that regime, or again, as I said, if you're just using it for your workout, you're, you're following the typical product, protocol three, four, five days a week as you progress and get more into uh, more in shape and, and ready for action. John, when you look at how power plate started and some of the things that were being done as, as the technology really made its way into the marketplace versus some of the evolution and how it's had or how it's used now, what to you is, I don't know another word other than cool or maybe interesting, what, what's the coolest or most interesting evolution you've seen in the way power plate has been used? It's really kind of followed um, the way your, your, your workouts have, have kind of evolved from, you know, Way back when we're doing uh, three sets of ten, we get into periodization and things like that. As, as things evolve, uh, now you're looking at functional training, um, functional strength, you know, focusing on mobility, stability, uh, keeping the body healthy for action. Whether you're just a regular guy, uh, gal, or an elite athlete, um, you want to be able to have function and performance, and and really that's that's what we're we're looking at is is, is keeping the body functional. Um, that you can take action when when necessary. You can be as creative as you want in, in adding exercises in there. We're always uh, I travel around and, and talk to strength and conditioning coaches uh, from the high school level to professional sports, and I'm always seeing new things that they're doing that they're adapting, uh, perhaps with bands, uh, accessories, balls, adding those things to the plate. Uh, because as I said earlier, anything really you can do on the ground, you can do on the plate. And as you get more creative and as you start adding exercises, you can step up the level of, of integration of the power plate into your into your program. And is there a place where trainers can learn how to use the power plate most effectively? Is there any kind of education, certification, anything that you guys are working on? We have uh, power plate orientation workouts going on throughout the country. Um, if someone is looking to, to get something done, certainly reach out to me and we can schedule something. Uh, across the country, East Coast, uh, West Coast, Midwest, uh, we have things popping up all over. We have one coming up in uh, New York, New Jersey, uh, I believe next week. In Chicago, August 19th, we have, uh, we have one coming up here at our, at our the showcase studio uh, at the Power Plate headquarters. Uh, we have... A, a, number coming up on, on the West Coast. If someone is looking at the, if the gym is looking to host a power plate orientation workshop, uh, if, uh, 
any kind of facility is looking to, to do that, uh, certainly reach out to us and we can organize something to, to get that done. But we have a number of trainers, massive trainers uh, in the United States and around the world. So any, anyone listening to the podcast here can certainly reach out to us. Uh, we're happy to, to walk through one-on-one -on -one, uh, as well as host the Power Plate Orientation Workshop. And that's going to go through uh, the history of Power Plate, the science behind Power Plate, how that affects the body, and then what you can do on Power Plate. And then in, in addition to that, you know, if someone is looking for specific programs, we can work with them to help develop specific programs for whatever they want to do, whether it's a specific sport, soccer, football, baseball, or if they're just looking to get healthy. Um, as I mentioned, we, are, we just launched at Ideal World our new small group training, uh, which includes cardiovascular, strength, yoga, boot camp style workouts, specifically designed around power play. And the logical follow-up question to that would be, where can people get in touch with you? Website, email, uh, wh where, where should they reach out? Website. Our, our website is www.powerplate.com. My email, you can reach out to me directly, which is john.kruger, which is j-o-n.k-r-u-e-g-e-r at powerplate.com. That's great. We'll definitely make sure that when we post this, uh, this podcast that they all – that, that everybody has access to your information. And I definitely want to host uh, one of those seminars at Onyx when, when we're ready to go. We're about a week away from finishing. Uh, so, you know, let's, let's plan something in Richmond, Virginia very soon. Absolutely. We can see yeah. that. So one of, one of the questions that I had with, with, um, with the new personal power plate, has it been a game changer for you? Because that was definitely a game changer for me. I've been a big fan of power plate for years now. But, you know, for me to get my hands on a big unit, I had to, number one, have, have a lot of money to do that. And then, number two, have the space to be able to do it. And now um, I can get a personal power plate. You know, I could get three or four, for, three or four of those for, for the price of one of the bigger units. And it doesn't take as much of a footprint. And I can tell you right now, for everybody that's listening, I actually took it on the plane with me when I went down to Orlando uh, to work with Action Harris and the Orlando Pride. And, and they loved it down there. So it actually fits into... Uh, a check-in luggage. Has, how how has it changed the game for you guys? It's it's great for for trainers like yourself that that are on the constantly on the go. You can, it's it's less than forty pounds. You could pack it in the bag, take it with you, take it on the plane, put it in the car. A lot of my my travel teams, uh, NCAA, will pack them on a bus. They have a, a you know, some universities have a, a library system of personal power plates where a particular team, your wrestling team, your volleyball team, your swim team, diving team, baseball team, will pack it on the bus, take it with them. Uh, they have multiple power plates so they can bring it around, and they're using it for, for activation, game time, halftime, getting their athletes ready to, to get on, on the pitch, on the court, on the field, or whatever they're doing to an enhanced performance. It, it's, it's an affordable unit. Uh, it gets the job done. It's, it's, it's at a 35 hertz, which is a 35 cycle per second at high-low amplitude, which is right. That's the, the sweet spot for, for where you want to be for muscle activation. And it, 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 to your point, it, it really is a, a game changer for us because now you have this extraordinary ability for muscle activation on the go. And it's, it's fantastic. So, if, if you, one, if you don't have the budget, it, it, fits, it fits in your budget. If you don't have a lot of our other machines are 300, 350 pounds. 
and we do have some some bigger units that a lot of a lot of our bigger teams will bring with them because they want they have some some bigger athletes and, and, and things that they need a larger machine for for some of their programming um, and that those are perhaps a little bit more challenging to, to, to bring on the road with them the the smaller unit gives affordability gives mobility and it gets the job done it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome we're, we're yeah, I, love it. I think of like our semi privates that we have at our gym and that, that would be amazing to be able to have that multiple people. And whether it's, it's in part of a circuit during, as you said, you can use it for activation, you can use it during a workout. So I could put it in the middle of a circuit or just, all right, everybody on the power plate and, you know, have everybody warmed up in just a couple of minutes and activate it. And, and that would be, that, yeah, that is really such cool. a game changer. That's really cool. Uh, John, you brought up a couple of things, so I'm going to ask a couple of technical questions. The, sure. you, you talked about amplitude. Talk about the amplitude and what does that mean uh, for, for, the, for the user? So the power plate functions in a couple of ways. I mentioned earlier when I was getting into the science and how the power plate works, we have that triplanar harmonic vibration. So the triplanar is essentially the up and down, left and right, forward and back. Uh, the amplitude to that is, is the height, uh, the intensity. Uh, so you're looking at, you're really, from, a, from about a millimeter of travel to about three millimeters of travel, you know, plus, plus or minus, it's moving in that harmonic way that the body is going, going to react to. Typically when you're doing any kind, most movements on the plate, you're gonna live in that low amplitude range. Your body knows, your body's gonna respond. Uh, you have, again, that involuntary response, that reflexive uh, stabilization response. You have that rapid reflex response, that's the TBR, uh, that the body is reacting to. So typically you're living in that, again, that sweet spot of about 35 hertz. And depending on you know, who you are, what you do and what you want, um, perhaps a bigger plate might give you a little bit more, but all you really need is that 30, 35 hertz uh, low amplitude for your pillar prep, movement prep, getting into your, your workout. When you're pumping it up on your, on your high amplitude, now you're getting into your, your regeneration, your massage. Uh, when you add some kind of accessory, perhaps a lacrosse ball, uh, perhaps a med ball on top of the plate, uh, depending on what kind of what you're doing, a you know, trigger point release, um, or your comfort level. Some people like the med ball uh, because it doesn't, uh, it's going to dampen a little bit the vibration coming through. Sometimes that's a little bit too intense for folks at that high amplitude. If you're using something like a lacrosse ball, it's much more dense uh, accessory. So you can use that to really dig deep and get in there for that regeneration and recovery to get you ready for your next workout. That's great. Uh, Craig, do you have anything else? That I mean, I'm I'm just sitting here blown away. I'm good. <laughs> I don't have any more questions. I want to I want to go like use a power play. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Well, good thing we have one. <laughs> yes, you do, Chris. Go. You go start setting that up. I'll tell John goodbye. Uh, John, really appreciate the time today. Uh, this has been really uh, informative and, and kind of understanding the the science of how this works and giving us some ideas of how we can use this. Uh, in our lives, and I'm sure everyone listening, uh, some some uh, ideas of how to use it with their clients or, or if they're a, a person who is a trainee instead of a trainer, how they can uh, probably now going to go ask their trainer about, about power play. I really appreciate the time today, and uh, best of best of luck, continued success, and we will talk to you down the road. And we're, we're, we're definitely going to set up that event in Richmond yeah. very soon. So uh, for, for everybody listening and for you, John, let's let's make sure that we uh, we plan on that. I, I really appreciate that. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure. If you guys need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. If any of your listeners have any, any further questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. 
myself, one of our master trainers, are happy to provide you with any answers that you guys need. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thanks again to John Kruger for joining us here on the Train with the Best pod. Really, really cool stuff from him. Really interesting, Chris. Uh, number one takeaway from that conversation for you? Uh, just that number one for me is being able to uh, to uh, host that yeah. that event down in Onyx in Richmond. So I, I can't wait for that just to learn yeah, more that about it. number one for me, yeah. too. I'm going to be making another trip yep. to Richmond. I thought I was done after training camp. No, no. <laughs> keep bringing me back. Um, so that that'll be dope. But from from the science, technology, scalability, any of the other you know, I, I substantive thought, stuff. I thought that it was cool that the the, the Russians were the ones using this. Yeah. It, it makes sense because when you're up there in space and there's no gravity, you have to find ways to maintain bone density and muscle mass. Uh, so I thought that was interesting that they're doing it. And then, you know, I think that. From from a lot of from a lot of times like these things come from a medicinal background and then mm-hmm. they and then they eventually evolve into sports performance. Yeah, with something like the power play, it seems like it's come the opposite way. It, it really started out as a performance thing. It started as a performance thing when he was talking about with the uh, the Olympians using it and, and elite athletes, and now it's starting to get into like the the regular with the regular person or the regular athlete um, and, and they're able to use it and apply it for uh, different things like increasing circulation and, and yeah, no, that was the muscle thing that firing kind of stuck patterns out and me. all those other things. Yeah. yeah, that that proprioceptive and the musculoskeletal uh, stuff yeah. too. Like, oh, I wonder and if even, this could help with bone density yeah. and things like that in elderly clients. And even in the last three or four weeks or so since I've had this power play, I mean, I've, I've used it for, for different things. I've used it for the, the client coming off of injury who needs to – start firing the the muscles again right. because they can't they can't, they don't know how to fire those muscles uh, anymore or, or whatever it is so i've used it for that i've used it to help increase circulation and range of motion and i've also used it to help with recovery sessions with with, with lorenzo so um i've already used it for for many different reasons with many different clients i've used it with uh an elderly couple that i train who just want to be able to play better golf um, and, and they loved it. So it's, it's, it's amazing that, that I can use this one tool for anything. And like I said, it's been a game changer for me because I've always been a big fan of the power plate. I right. just, I can't bring one of those big 300 pound units with me everywhere right. I go. And you know, my schedule, I'm everywhere all the time. So, yeah. um, I need, I need something that, that can come with me. And with, with this thing being able to check into my luggage and, and fly with me, I think it's, I think it's a cool tool. I think if I ask for any more equipment at my gym, they're going to kick me out. But I might, <laughs> I might just have to. They're going to tell you can... to stop hanging out with me because they're going to hang out with me. I know. You're like, oh, I need this. I know. Now. But like, li- just go <laughs> listen to the pod with John. It's so great. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to using it uh, a little bit more if, if we have some sessions. And by the way, if you want to check out some behind the scenes footage of Chris's session with Lorenzo, recovery wise, go to Chris's Facebook page and check out the video there. Uh, you can always follow us on, on the socials, uh, Instagram at Craig underscore Hoffman and at trainer Gores. He's at trainer Gores on Twitter. I am simply at Craig Hoffman. Uh, we will try to check in with Zoe next week. Also coming up on the pod soon, uh, Bill Hamid, uh, gold cup champion. Uh, hopefully he's going to join us sometime soon. And, uh, if we can make the schedules work next week, our next guest is going to be former Redskins receiver Santana Moss, uh, spent 14 years in the NFL pro bowl player, uh, just his his 
the way he, I know, because I've talked to him about this before, he changed and kind of took care of his body throughout the entire year um, and changed his career. So we'll talk to Santana about that on a podcast episode very, very soon. For Chris, I'm Craig. Thanks for listening. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and we'll talk to you soon on the Train for the Best podcast.